Wen and I want to express our gratitude for every one of our listeners. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and sharing this space with us each week. We are now offering an opportunity to work with Wen or myself individually in a deeper look towards what's true about life and who you really are. If you'd like to know more, email me or Wen for more details. In a three-day dive under the noise, anything is possible. Let's find out. Now on to the podcast. Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my amazing co-host, Kate Roberts. Hello, Kate. Hey, Wynne. How are you doing? Um, well, how are you? I am well, although you might hear in my voice it's a little bit hoarse. Which I is... think you sound great. Okay, thanks. Someone, <laughs> someone else said, I like it when you sound hoarse. And I'm going, well, it doesn't feel good when I sound hoarse. There we go. So excuse me if I cough at any point in this. And if you don't hear me coughing, I did. And Kate edited the sound out because she's smart like that. <laughs> so today, I had um, a couple of conversations last week and, and two today that just reminded me of something which is not uncommon for people. That we say something, oh, I'd love to do that. And then we say, but. And whatever that comes after the but seems really valid. And then we talk ourselves of it, out of it. So, oh, I would love to write a book, but I can't because of whatever. I'd love to ask them out for coffee. But what if they say no? I would love to. And then there's a but. And sometimes and I listened to somebody, yes, um, not yesterday, last week. And they didn't have the word, but they had the word and because they'd at some point, I think, learned via NLP to substitute the word, but for an and, but it still had the same connotation that after the and would have been the same as after the, but. So that's what I thought would be interesting to talk about. Over to you. <laughs> I didn't know it would be over to me so quickly. Oh, wow. Um, I know that I say that all the time. And a lot of times it really does come, you know, in kind of like joking or sweet kind of like, and oh, sometimes I don't say the word, but, but it's absolutely implied. Like I'm watching somebody do something that I think is funny or cute. I'm like, I love you. But I don't say anything after that, but there is an absolute part of me that's kind of giving you a hard time, like making fun a little bit, like in a sweet way. But I can definitely remember times in the past where it wasn't sweet. It was like really kind of uh, pointing out something negative, like, I love you, but... And then whatever it is I wanted to say anyway, 
I don't know why I needed to put the, you know, like I was going to ease in, but really there's no hiding that one. That one's pretty obvious. But when it comes to me, like if I'm using that expression, I've just gone straight into a story mm-hmm. that I guess at the moment looks really real. Yeah. It's usually limiting or doubting in some way. At least that's the way it seems to, to show up for me. And I don't even necessarily need to go into the story to be in the story, which is really interesting when that happens. So like the conversation that you and I were just having before we hit record, I was like, I really wanted to do that. But anyway, Hmm. it doesn't mean I'm not in my story. Like I'm full on in my own head in the story, just not sharing it with you, but it doesn't change the reality of that. Yeah. I had this um, uncouth visualization um, earlier on today when I was listening to someone talk about their butts. Mm. And um, I've heard somebody else say that everything after the butt is BS. And we know what BS means, but I'm not going to use too much profanity because what I'm about to say next will... Dig me that hole anyway, I'm pretty sure. So the uncouth visualization that I had is about a butt. And what comes out of a butt, what comes after the butt, right, is excrement. I think that's kind of a very uncouth but very accurate metaphor about, you know, our butts. Sorry, I'm still a 12-year-old with my sense of humor. I'm still very, very pure. No, I, I can see how you got from A to B. It's yeah. A- <laughs> 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 I can see. <laughs> we all can now. Yeah, I'm sure we can. <laughs> oh, well, I I live with it. So, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> my pure sense of humor. Anyway, back to the point. The point is, is that how many things in my life I have talked myself out of because of exactly what you just said about story that I didn't know was story, that everything after but is BS. All those inspirational ideas and that I still have, by the way, a lot of the inspirational ideas I have in my, oh, that sounds really cool. And then is my own mental but, and then what I will do because of fear, insecurity, some other story I've got about me or the thing that looks like I already know it will work out. It looks to me as if it won't work out. Well, it must be story because the one thing we all know about the future is we do not know the future. If we did, if we knew the future, we'd probably be really good at booking picking horses at the betting shop, the numbers for the lottery in all different parts of the world, if we were good at knowing the future. And we don't. We don't have a clue. And yet in that moment of whatever the but is, is the story that is 
a predictor of the future that can't be true because we don't know the future. So that's why I'm absolutely adamant that it must be what comes out of the butt. It's BS. Because we don't know. That's what I think right now anyway. Two things occurred to me while you were sharing that. The first one was, I don't think we know that we don't know. Yeah. Otherwise, when something happens that shines a flashlight or a spotlight on the fact that we don't know, people get really, including myself, uncomfortable with that. Which I think points to the fact that we actually don't know that we don't know. I think we actually think we know what's going to happen in our lives all the time. (laughs) Which is is probably an episode in itself, I'm sure. Well, can I say something about that? Yeah, Yeah, the story looks like it's real. The butt looks like it's got merit. We don't know we don't know. I think you're right. That's a really nice way of saying it. Oh, but is believable. I'm sorry. I'm still 12. We have very believable butts. That's another way of saying it, right? But I'm going to stop now. <laughs> you had two points you wanted to say, and I interrupted after the first. The second one was like a realization that I think sometimes that expression is also used to segue out of something that doesn't feel good. What do you mean? Like, and this is coming from professional avoidance of, I'm I'm really super good at this, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is how I know. Uh, It looks a lot like, God, I'm, I'm really hurt. But it's okay. I mean, you know, like, and I would segue out of that feeling and make it better for you and for me, which is, you know, it's only about my feeling of discomfort. But I would use that as a segue out of that feeling. Mm. I wasn't super comfortable for a long time with that mm, negative emotion in my mind is what it was. My negative emotion, someone else's. Mm. Which is no different. It's still my mind coming up with a story to protect me from feeling that. Never really saw that, though. I also think that that's a very profound thing to say about the buts that we have about the ideas too. But I, I, I think that it's it has a very good intention is to stop us feeling bad in the future. I think that's its intention. Oh, I could really go for this, but I won't. Because what if I'm disappointed? What if it doesn't work out the way I'd like it to? And you're, it, to, me, to me, when you said the word protecting, protect ourselves from a feeling, I think that's, what it's designed for. That's what the butt butt is really for. 
is to stop us feeling bad later. And of course, well, that's just not true either. Because we have no idea what we're going to feel later. And feelings don't come from things, don't come from events. So that would, you know, to the extent that I can remember that, which I most often don't, but I'm wiser to it than I used to be a decade ago, would be the extent that I would go for things knowing that there isn't anything at risk other than feeling bad for a while. The only risk there is, is feeling bad for a while. And the beauty of knowing that the feeling bad doesn't come from a thing, it comes from what I think about it in the moment. Then it's a bizarre construct for me to believe my butt. Yeah, you laughed first this time. <laughs> So sorry. No, I'm it glad I made you laugh. And I ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's funny and potentially profound too. I don't know about that sentence being profound, but. Well, stop believing your butts when. I mean, I think that's pretty good. Don't believe your butt. Well, believe in a different part of your anatomy, boy, you know? <laughs> You got your head, your heart, and your gut. Why do you believe your butt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, when nothing good comes from that. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about. I was thinking about how this might be uh, our most childish episode ever. <laughs> And then that took me straight into that there's nothing, man, a genuine, even if it's childish, I wonder if genuine, authentic laughter is the fastest way back into the present moment. Like, I don't know if we can genuinely find something funny and laugh about it if we're not absolutely present. And that's, I think, where whatever comes after but or and or anything, even if it's unsaid, it's taking us into our heads and out of reality of the present moment into something that doesn't exist except in our own minds, which of course is, you know, the circle, because if you believe it, it's absolutely real for you, right? That's your reality, quote unquote. So that's where we're going after the word but or and or And we fade off after saying something really honest and in the moment into our story about whatever the topic is or whatever our mind's using to keep us safe and in the known. I'm glad you said that because it just reminded me again of the feeling tells us 
we know what it's like when we're in our head and we're in the story that's after the word, but we know that feeling. And we know the feeling of the aliveness of the first part before the but. So the, ooh, anticipation of, I wonder if, dot, 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 and then we say that, and then but, I couldn't possibly. I think the feeling is incredibly wise, but we think the feeling is tell us, telling us something other than I've made something up. It looks like I know what I don't know. So to me, it's again coming back to being suspicious over that feeling I get when I'm in my butt. That's a sentence I didn't think I'd say today. <laughs> <laughs> or at any time in my <laughs> life. <laughs> really trying, man. I'm, I'm not, what, you're trying not to laugh? <laughs> and I'm not trying to be funny. I just, some stuff comes out sometimes when it comes to butts. Yeah, when? That's worse. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. Considering a few minutes ago you said <laughs> you was laughing is a really good thing of being in the present moment. You don't have to talk yourself out of laughing if you're finding something funny. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> At least I can blame mine on medication. What's your excuse today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> question that might take us in a different direction away from your butts if that's okay <laughs> i can tell you want to leave that one alone yeah. <laughs> but it occurred to me actually before you said that last part that made me laugh sometimes you know that feeling that comes when we like you said like are now into a into our minds about why not to do something, right? Yeah. And then that kind of limiting, small, lack, negative, not enough, can't do it. All of the things that come into that, that feeling that comes after when we're in our story, right? Of why we can't. When you're sitting down and I'm, and I'm, sure that you've experienced this a lot but there are people I think that are so used to that right and it feels so real like maybe since they were young haven't even had exposure to any other feelings than those mm. so much that they don't and this is I guess where I'm going they don't recognize that feeling as a bad feeling it's so normal for them. Yeah. How do you, without taking them kind of further into that, that kind of not great feeling, how do you take somebody into a conversation where it's so normal that they don't even know it's stressful or hurtful to them in any way because it's so much a part of their normal? How do you point that? out to someone so that they can begin to say oh that's the feeling that's the feeling that's letting me know i'm not in the moment that i'm 
believing thoughts that aren't true? Like, does that make sense? That question? It does. I don't know yet how to answer it. Okay. Other than I'd want them to take a look and get suspicious. Yeah. Because here's, here's what I do know. When I'm listening to the story after the word, but I see through it. I see through it when someone else tells me this stuff. And when I say this to anybody, they just go, what the heck is up with that? They, they, they know I'm full of it, that there isn't a truth in that feeling and a truth in that story after the word, but. So with somebody who is so even blind to it being anything other than just a part of them that they feel it so often, well, just, I'd love them just, just get curious over other emotions that they might have and, and just loosen it up a little bit. There's the, and then there's the potential for seeing something else. So one example would be, I might ask them if they believe everyone else's, everyone else's, but because the one thing I do know is that my ability to see through their, another person's story is not just Wynn's ability to see through it or Kate's ability, because I know you do this, to see through other people's stories. And yet it's far more difficult for us to see through our own. That's, that just looks like, you know, really, you know, breathing out after breathing in for human beings is that I can see through your stories. You can see through mine. It's far easier that way than me to see through my story and you to see through yours. That's just humans. Or another way of saying it to me, that would just be thought appearing real to the person who thought it. Or another way of saying it, we can't see our own butt. Other people can see, I'm going to go there, right? Hold on to your horses. I can see through other people's butts, but I can't see through mine, right? So one thing that just cropped my mind is that if other people can just notice that their ability to, to be suspicious over someone else's story, but theirs looks solid, then to see that that's just everyone in the way that stories look to ourselves. It's like it's glued to our eyeball using a different part of our anatomy that may keep me out of being a 12-year-old boy. So this, that here, here I am with, I don't know, bad feeling cataracts, story cataracts, and I can't see anything other than through them. And then you would just see, yeah, well, the reason that that's happening when is that you've got the cataracts, that is the story, but I can't see them. I don't know if that's a good metaphor or not. But the look on your face, it's one of those wind, what the heck are you talking about faces? But I could be making that up too. So here's the summary that I would say, going back to your question, I would just love them to just get a little bit suspicious that maybe that story. What comes to mind for you? Well, I'm sure if anybody's listened <clears throat> to the show, they know that I, I, uh, I love reading Byron Katie. And there's something that she says like throughout her books, she says, but I didn't have a reference for that. 
And I love how, you know, when we are in conversations with people, that voice in their head is their normal. That that's often what we're offering is a reference for something new. Even if they can't access it, and even if it sounds crazy, that that's what we're offering is, is a reference point and saying, you know, that's not actually your normal, your default. And we get into a conversation of what is our default, you know, and the peace and the joy that is who we are. Yeah. Even if it's, they don't yet have a reference for that. I mean, they do. They do. But they, they don't do. know that they do, right? That's true. I love that. I love that conversation. Talking about things that maybe they can't access, but there is a internal reference point. Not up here, yeah. Yeah. I love that. A feeling of knowing without the intellect of knowing. Because it's not a thought-created knowing. It's the absence of thought, and that's what makes it, in my mind anyway, really tricky because we've put so much um, value on our intellects. And then we think about it, and then we think about more about it. And if I can't think my way to seeing this, then it clearly isn't true. But then there's before we start to think. The, the uh, a metaphor that came to my mind as I was listening to you was wondering if we didn't have mirrors or reflective surfaces, would we know we had a face? Now, I could see your face. I could see if I traveled around the world, I could see 8 billion other faces. Can't see mine. I think that's similar to our own story. And yet, if we were to gather everyone together or, you know, gather nine people in a room, Say, yeah, you've got a face, you've got a face, you've got a face, you've got a face, can't see mine. And then the next person would say, you've got a face, you've got a can't see mine. I'm like, Wait a minute, this is really common. People can't see their own face. Oh, but we've all got one. Oh, that's interesting. The notion of if there were no reflective surfaces. And I think that's the same for thought. It's difficult to see it for ourselves by looking harder thinking harder because it's more of the same energy. It's more of the same intellect, more of the same ego. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ego is not interested in convincing itself it doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of that. And yet, before the ego, there is the, the knowing of, yeah, who I am before I think of who I am is untainted by what I think of who I am. And then we get to see, maybe I have a face, and maybe mine is story too. Maybe after the but is all story, and the feeling of that story is what's telling me, regardless of how often and how invasive and pervasive that, that feeling might be, and seemingly consistent that that feeling may be. It still hasn't got anything in it that's got truth. It's still a fabrication of a very active human imagination. 
that doesn't look like imagination. It actually makes that that feeling that comes after the butt like a guiding gift. Yeah. Guiding gift back to truth, but back to what's real, back to who we really are. And the other, what just propped, copped into my mind then was when you said it's a gift in the same way that physical pain is a gift saying, Hey, you know, I put my, put my hand on a hot stove. It's a gift. That pain, get your hand off there. It's not good for you. Not good for the human form, the human body for it to be somewhere hot. It'll burn. It'll cook. Not good. The emotion is also saying, Hey, don't go there. But we think that the don't go there has got something to be figured out. It requires more of the same. It's the equivalent of me feeling pain from a hot stove and going, oh, what's to figure out with this heat? Let me, you know, I'll think more about what I'm thinking and feeling because we don't know it's thought and feeling automatically without taking a look without the perspective of realizing how thought works, how mind works, how consciousness really works, how our feelings are genuinely created, how our emotions look like they're genuinely created because it looks like they come from the outside. They're not. They're created from thought and more thought can't solve it. More thought is the same as me keeping my hand on the stove and wondering when it'll stop hurting. Is this going to stop burning? Why? Really? And yet innocently, because of how thought works, it looks like I need to think more about it. But it's thought that's the issue to begin with. <laughs> so then, you know, take my mind off that. I'll have a different feeling without even trying. Thanks, man. Thank you, Kate. Thank Your you. Butts. Well, I know. <laughs> Conversation about butts. <laughs> Who knew that at some point today we'd get into the conversation about, yeah, I, I can't see through my own butt, but I can see through everyone else's. And I yeah, did not see that coming. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> None of us could have known that was coming up. <laughs> You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts with Wynn Morgan. Thank you, Wynn. Thank you, Kate. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out. I've got or a feeling I... we might get some comments on this one. I got a feeling <laughs> more than normal. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I shouldn't offer it this time because we already know. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, go ahead. Send them. Let's see. What you <laughs> yeah, reach out to us. Our details follow the podcast. And also keep an ear out in future episodes for more information about our retreat in April. And uh, hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. 
If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.